Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. We want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and get equipped with us. 412 Canada is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Hey, we have Dave Lane coming up on this last episode of season one, and uh, it's kind of exciting because we're going to chat about parenting and volunteering and how that all relates. I don't know if you're like me, but during this COVID season, I have been home with my family quite a bit more than I normally would be, and uh, and it's been a lot, and it's been intense, and uh, I just love that I could chat with Dave about this, and he's going to give us some tips on how to do grace-based parenting. And he talks about how that what you do at home will equip you for ministry. As well, we're going to define what different is and grace in rebuilding and how we deal with fear. So we have all that and more on today's episode. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Do you serve or lead volunteers in the local church? Are there days when you feel less than equipped to make the kind of impact that you want to make in your role or in your organization? Through this podcast, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. Thanks for joining us. This is Kim on the 412 Canada podcast, and I'm super excited about our conversation today. I've got Dave Lane. He is back with us, and he is finishing off our first season here at the 412 Canada podcast. He was our first guest way back in the fall and September, and we're finishing up this year with him again. But this time, we're going to be talking a little bit more about parenting and uh, how that impacts you as a volunteer. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Dave Lane is uh, the youth and family pastor at Temple Baptist in Sarnia. He's also part of the Fidgets and they're on Amazon Prime right now. I don't know if you've checked that out or not. So I'm excited to hear a little bit about that and how that got started. Dave, welcome. Thanks, Kim. I am so excited to be here. I feel like the book ends, right? The, <laughs> yeah, but that's it's more it. important what's in the middle of it. The books are more important <laughs> than the book ends. So no, I'm so excited to be back and talk about uh, talk about parenting. Yeah, and hey, tell us about the fidgets. This is new since yeah, we last talked uh, to you. Yeah, what happened is uh, we were doing a tour out west, and uh, we talked to a company down in the states about how to do a video. And they said, if you're going to do it, you got to drop some good coins. So we were in BC, mm-hmm. and we hired a crew, <laughs> and uh, they recorded us. And so we had this package, and and then uh, John, who's the lead of it, put it on uh, put it on a. a uh, video hub mm-hmm. and then one monday he got an email that said amazon prime has picked you up wow so we're all across canada u.s australia england anywhere there's english speaking in the world we are mm-hmm. on amazon prime so that's yeah. amazing and that's it's part of your crazy. ministry too right it is a ministry yeah it's amazing what doors get opened up we're like uh, whose line yeah. but we're clean <laughs> And so we have actually gone into some really pretty secular places. And it's pretty cool because they asked me afterwards what I do for a living. And I say I'm a pastor and they're like, they cannot believe that I would be funny and be a pastor. So Yeah, that cool. must be quite a shock for them. It is. It is. Okay, so what else are you up to right now? Uh, it's been quite the season that we've just come through. So how yeah, has that impacted you? I think you? for me, it's, it's been, uh, it's, I've had to relearn youth ministry all over again. Mm. 
mm -hmm. know, because we were always told that it's all about relationship. And for the last <laughs> 10 years, we've told kids to get offline. Yeah. And now we're saying the only way you could connect with us is online. Yeah. And all this social distancing, I'm just telling you, man, I feel like I'm back at square one again. But God is good. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure he'll give me some direction as the as we proceed. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, uh, I know we talked earlier and we were talking about this grace-based parenting, uh, mm -hmm. which I believe was from a book, right? Yeah, yeah. by uh, Tim Kimmel, mm -hmm. grace-based parenting. Yeah, yeah, and we'll put a link for that in our show notes. Okay. And I love how you were talking about as a volunteer, what we do at home equips us for when we're serving, right? Yeah, I know, I know we had talked about this whole idea. I know that we equip leaders and volunteers uh, through this podcast. And it's like, well, how do the two connect? Well, I believe that if you work with kids and you have kids, you know, what you do at home is always reflected in how you minister. It's funny because I've noticed in my own life just how many times, you know, what I've learned as a dad and what I've learned as a husband is reflected in the way I minister. In fact, it's interesting when Paul calls the church leaders, if you notice, he'll say, you know, you got to control your family. You got to be a husband of one wife, all that kind of stuff, because it's a reflection, right? Mm -hmm. So. I think if we learn this grace-based parenting within the home, I think it's reflected within the ministry that God has placed us in. So. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about that? It's about creating godly kids, right? And kind of a balance yeah. between legalism and license. And Yeah. I think for a long time, I don't know about you, Kim, but when I was growing up, my parents, it was all about taking me to church and making sure I believed a certain thing. And uh, I think with this next generation, I think it's kind of changed a bit. I think what, when it comes to parenting, I think what we have to do, it's not about creating good kids. Mm -hmm. It's about creating godly kids. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, what you need to do is you need to focus on the heart instead of behavior. Mm. Because for a lot of us, we're focused as long as our kids behave, because that's what we see. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> But it's very at the deeper. forefront. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes time to figure out where our kids' hearts are at. Yeah. And so it's interesting because what grace does is it actually helps us maintain the balance between two extremes in parenting, mm -hmm. uh, legalism and license. And so if I was going to define the terms, just so you can understand where we're coming mm -hmm. from, is legalism is basically rules without relationship mm -hmm. that leads to rebellion. All right. Rules without relationship that leads to rebellion. And so you have all these rules, but you don't have a relationship with your kids because it's all about what they do. And eventually they will rebel. Where license is the other side, where it talks about relationship without rules. Mm. And this leads to resentment. Okay. Uh, kids, need, kids need boundaries. They don't want us to be their buddies. They need us to be authority figures in their lives. And so they need those boundaries. So the cool thing is this, is we have to find the balance. And finding the balance, the grace-based parenting is finding the balance between truth mm -hmm. and grace. Yeah. And in the book, he gives some cool definitions of grace and truth. He says this, that truth is a clear light that illuminates our children's way through the dark and shadowy corridors of youth. I love that definition, Dave. Can you say that one more time? Yeah. Truth is a clear <laughs> light that illuminates our children's way through the dark and shadowy corridors of youth. And being a youth pastor now for 30 years, I think I caught my 30th year this September, that youth is a dark, shadowy corridor. It mm -hmm. is. Especially with thing, how things are changing now with all the different, you know, orient, sexual orientation, like I said, it's very, very confusing. And so truth kind of is the light that illuminates. But grace is the heart commitment to keep that light shining brightly no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so we have God's truth. 
And what we're called to do as parents through grace is to keep that light shining for our kids. So when they're confused, they can always look back and see that light. Yeah, that's amazing, Dave. Yeah. Um, And I know also you were talking about they're in that book, right? Is that with the four freedoms in that book as well? Yeah, the four the four different freedoms, how to create a an atmosphere of grace, an mm-hmm. environment of grace. Yeah, yeah, can you tell us about those too? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, the four freedoms that we talk about is the first one is the freedom to be different. Mm-hmm. If we want our kids to be full of grace, if we want an environment full of grace, we need to allow our kids to be different. Now, what I would say is this, is you got to define what different is. Mm. Different is not sinful, Okay. Different is unique, weird, bizarre, strange, goofy, and quirky, right? <laughs> like you have kids, right? Oh, I so, do, yeah. <laughs> and they're unique, right? Yeah, they are. Sometimes they're bizarre. Yeah. And some of the things they do, you're like, what are you doing, <laughs> right? But we have to allow them to be different. And I think the primary way to give our kids grace is to offer it in place of our selfish preferences. Mm. Because there's a lot of things, I can be honest with you, that my kids do that annoy me. <laughs> but it's not sin. It's just, it's not my preference. Right. Like, I wouldn't do that. And so showing grace, they say this, a lot of grace can be stolen in the heat of the, mo- in the, heat of the moment of our selfishness. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of, think about parenting. A lot of things we do, we do, we tell our kids to stop, not because it's bad, mm-hmm. because it annoys us. <laughs> so true right right? isn't that true it's like that annoys me or that embarrasses me and so Mm -hmm. what we do is we automatically jump to to conclusions Mm -hmm. right yeah and and what happens is our personal preferences actually dictate morality Mm. that's so true right that's deep eh Mm -hmm. what was the next freedom (laughs) well here's the thing it's interesting though when it comes to the the difference one yeah. How, how you work through that with a student or with a child is because they gave a few steps. They said, first, if your kid wants to do something different, don't get caught up in the externals. Mm. Which I thought, focus on the heart. Yeah, that is good. And I think the last time we get I was caught here, on that, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I don't want them to do that. But it, you do an inventory of their inner needs. And the last time we talked, it was the secure love, sipping a proof of stronghold. Mm-hmm. If they're there, that's good. And another thing is this, is value what they do against scripture. Mm. That I think is a lot good, of right? parents we put we put uh, we misuse God's word. Like when it says, "Don't use the word Lord's name in vain." I think it's talking about using God's word to do something it doesn't mean. Mm. Like I'll share an example from my life. My son is into tattoos. Yeah, and I got to be honest with you, I'm not a real tattoo guy. Right? <laughs> but the thing is, it's so often I know parents have come to me and said, "Well, tattoos are wrong." Why? Because in the Bible it says it's wrong. In Leviticus, right. right? It says don't tattoo, but they take it totally out of context because it talks about the fact that it's, you know, don't eat red meat, don't trim your beard, mm-hmm. right? And so we take it out of context because we're afraid. So we take God's word and we make it something that's not. Yeah, that make so sense? you looked it up too, didn't you? I did. My son told me, he said, Daddy, he goes, I want to get a tattoo, so can you go to God's word. So I did. And I was like, I can't back that. I can't back up. Not now it's personal preference. That's fine. But yeah. I can't make it biblical, biblical, a biblical truth. Right. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so the next one I would say is the freedom to be vulnerable mm. on a scale of one to 10, Kim, how vulnerable do your kids, are your kids with you? Do they have the freedom to be that? 
I would think so, right? But also just, yeah, I think it would depend on situation and stuff. But we definitely want them to feel like they could share whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because a lot of kids, you know, aren't vulnerable because they're afraid they're going to be judged. Mm. And I think some of the things we're scared of what they might say if they're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Right. So this whole idea is just helping them find the balance between facts and feelings. Because facts are the things that parents see that kids can't see. And the feelings are things that kids perceive about situations that they're in. Mm. And what the problem is, is we tend to, we, we tend to uh, downplay their feelings. It's because true. we see the big picture, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's so good. And even that's a life skill, right? Trying yeah. to figure those things out. Yeah. So you ready for number three? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so number me. three is the freedom to be candid. Okay. Remember your question. Do you know what candor is? Well, I know you're going to tell me, and we talked about it earlier, so why don't you tell everybody what I have is no candor? Idea. Yeah, yeah. Right. Candor <clears throat> is honesty dipped in honor. Yeah, I like, like I wrote that down, Dave. I think that's really good. Yeah. Say that again. It's honesty dipped in honor. Mm -hmm. And so our kids are going to be honest with us, mm -hmm. but sometimes they're brutally honest. <laughs> It's right? so true. <laughs> and that's just like, that's just scary. Oh. Right? But the thing is, is, is if we're, if we don't let them be honest yeah. in an honorable way, it's going to come out no matter what. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's interesting because I think, uh, for a lot of us, we are nervous about our kids being honest with us. Mm. Yeah. And I think the reason why is because we're fearful of the issues that may come up. Yeah, then we have to deal with them, right? Yeah, because some of the issues are like, I don't want to talk about that, right? Or we're, we might be fearful of what we've done. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't think there's any parent out there that actually wants to hear the wrong things they've done and how they scarred their kids. <laughs> right. Right? The trauma oh. that we've, uh, we've inflicted on them. So, <laughs> so that's a huge one. And let me give you the last one. Yeah. And I think it's a huge one is the freedom to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is we're all going to make mistakes and we need to allow our kids to make mistakes. Now, I say there's a big difference between license and grace hmm. because license is the freedom to sin, right? Grace is the freedom to deal with that sin. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of parents, actually, this scares them because they want to protect their kids. Right. Yeah. We don't naturally. want our kids to make mistakes, right? And so what we'll do is we'll make choices for them and we'll make the right choices for them. But here's the problem is, is when we make the right choices for them, they don't make any choices mm -hmm. and they need to make choices. So when we make all the right choices and what happens is we leave the bad choices and they will actually choose the bad choices so they can actually make a choice. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Well, and it's so hard even just to step back and not make that choice for them. Oh yeah. But realizing letting them make those choices or mistakes or whatever. I mean, that's, they've got to learn, right? They have to deal with whatever consequences come or, yeah. or, or make a good choice and realize that they are making a good choice so that I think that gives them confidence in the future too. Yeah. Right. And I think the key is, is, is the consequences, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of the things that we have made, a lot of choices we've made as, as kids, as teenagers, and we have suffered consequences. We don't want our kids to suffer those same consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we want to protect them, but we can't really protect them 
because we have to allow them to make those choices and allow us of the consequences. Someone once said this is that God doesn't stop us from sinning. So we can't stop our kids from sinning. Oh, that's so good. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that's the thing. It, it, taking those four freedoms. Yeah. You know, the freedom to be different, the freedom to be vulnerable, the freedom to be candid and the freedom to make mistakes. Doing those things within our families mm-hmm. reflects in the way we minister. Yeah. Because when you so minister t- to kids or teens or whoever, you got to give them the freedom to be different. Mm-hmm. Like they may do some things that you're like, I don't get that. Yeah. But you got to ask yourself, is it sinful or is just something that annoys me? Right. And that whole idea of the freedom to be vulnerable, because for a lot of kids, they don't have a safe place to be vulnerable. And the problem is, is the only place they are vulnerable is with their friends. Mm-hmm. And Kim, you know, as well as I do, mm-hmm. it's like the blind leading the blind because they're in the same spot. <laughs> Right. They're just feeding each other. They need someone that's gone a little further ahead of them who can actually speak some wisdom into their life and that freedom to uh, to be to be candid. You know, like uh, even being in youth ministry, I allow kids to be honest with me. And I'll tell you, it is so painful when a kid comes to me and says, you know what, what you taught didn't connect with me. And I've had to sit back and go, "Okay, so am I being relevant anymore? Because for me, being an older youth pastor, you know, I always have to be looking, Okay, how am I? Because as I get older, that gap between the teenagers grows, right? <laughs> just, just a little bit, like just a, a smidge. Just a little bit. There was a kid who just, a girl who just celebrated 16 year, her 16th birthday. Yeah. And when I came to the church, she was two years old. <laughs> right? So just being old and then allowing, allowing kids to make mistakes. Yeah. Like it's painful to watch a student make a choice where you know, or a child, you know it's going to lead down a wrong path. Mm-hmm. But you got to be there to help pick up the pieces. So those those ideas that we do as parents, I think transitions really well into whatever we're doing, whether working with kids or working with youth. Yeah. And so do you take them like do you do any training with your volunteers and talk about this with them and and how to do that when they're yeah, we've, both at home like, and serving? Yeah. So what what I've done is because mm-hmm. my role is family and youth. So I do a lot of parent uh, we call them parent huddles. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about this as parents and some of those parents have been volunteers within our kids ministry and stuff, mm-hmm. but I'll basically deal with those issues uh, with my youth leaders because most of my youth leaders are single or they're married without kids. And yeah. so they, it doesn't really transfer back, but like they don't get the connection between being parents. So I'll take these principles and actually teach them. Yeah. To my youth leaders, because again, they're, they're, when you're dealing with students or with children, you know, how you develop an, an atmosphere of grace is crucial. Well, and I think it's also good even for your volunteers that aren't married or singles or, or not, they don't have kids, just even learning that now as they're serving so that one day, you know, should they be married and have kids, yeah. um, they can apply that at home, right? And the one thing that, that I find too is for some of these kids that we minister to, you know, they don't have that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know where, where you guys are at, but we have a lot of kids, both children and youth, who come to our church who are not part of Christian homes. Okay, yeah. And so when they come into our church, they experience that environment of grace, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not getting it at home. Yeah. And so we can be that we can be that light for them. And then, and so as a church, I think it's it's our role, like the whole idea of grace is is allowing that, keeping that light burning no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you include those for like that talk? Is that also part of your one with the chairs? Are those related? 
Uh, no, they're totally separate ones. Okay. Yeah. Well, the got chairs is the talks. whole idea. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I No, the chairs are this whole idea of discipling and moving our people through. Right. Our kids, our mm-hmm. youth leaders, whatever it is, so that they're fully developed disciples of Christ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a for, whole nother side it of it. It is. Yes. Well, and if anybody missed even a bit of that talk that we had last fall, they can check out our yeah. Fort Hill Canada podcast. That was episode one. I believe. One. I know. Wow. And so, yeah, this is episode 13, which is great. Wow. 13. <laughs> it is. Lucky yeah. 13. That's great. <laughs> to finish off the season. Hey, Dave, what, uh, I know you do a lot of reading and studying. What equips you? What books are you reading right now that, you know, maybe the volunteers or those listening would find encouraging or helpful? Yeah. Uh, I try to do a lot of reading. <laughs> It takes me a lot longer. Um, I am dyslexic, so my reading skills, not good. But it's interesting. The reason why I make it a priority to read is mm-hmm. because I was at a conference, um, youth conference, Student Leadership University, which is in Florida. And uh, what they said is this, is what changes your life in a year the most are three things. Mm. The people you meet, the places you go, and the books you read. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was like, wow, it's not the TV shows you watch. No. Not the video games <laughs> you play, right? It's not the food you eat, right? But it's, it's those three things. And so, you know, I always, I'm always trying to be in places where I'm learning from people. Mm-hmm. They said this, if you're in a room where you're the smartest person, you're in trouble. <laughs> that's such right? a good You thought. should always yeah. be in a room where they're smarter than you. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, that's not hard to find, right? <laughs> I've in a lot of rooms where people are a lot smarter than me. And then just the places you go. Because again, it's experiences, but the books are really crucial. So some books that I am actually reading right now, and it's kind of a gamut. I have a huge pile on the side of my desk that I'm trying to get through. Yeah. Uh, one is called, um, So the Next Generation Will Know. And it's preparing young people for a challenging world. And it's written by uh, Sean McDowell, which is the son of Josh McDowell. Okay. And it just talks about what we need to do to prepare um our, this, our next generation for what they're going to face. Oh, that and sounds so it's really like, good. Yeah, it's like ideas like <clears throat> recognizing the uniqueness of the generation, uh, connecting with the heart of young people. Again, not behavior, but heart. Mm-hmm. Um, giving kids a worldview that brings significance. Because for a lot of kids, they don't understand worldview. No. Right? And then preparing them for the future, developing a passion for truth. Uh, resisting, this is interesting, resisting the desire to entertain Oh. rather than train. That's good. Yeah, because for a lot of us, we're saying, oh, we want a big groups. We want to entertain. Mm-hmm. But Jesus wasn't about entertaining. In fact, yeah. if, it's, if it was about numbers, and I said this before, if it's about numbers, then Jesus was a failure mm-hmm. because he could have had a huge movement, right? In fact, it's John 6 where they're all following and going, oh, we want more, we want more. And he turns to us as if you... If you want to follow me, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now, I first thought when they said that, they were freaking them out, but they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Mm. And they said, this teaching is too hard for us to accept, not to understand. And so they oh, bailed. to accept. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the one book. Okay. Another one I'm reading is uh, Leading Your Family Like Jesus. Okay. And it's written by uh, Ken Blanchard. And it's really interesting, too, because it talks about... You know, how we lead our family. And it's broken down to the head, the hands, and the heart, and the habits. So it's kind of interesting how it deals with it. And it kind of works your way through it. Mm-hmm. 
but that leading a you family. Or is it? It's a. It's, book. it's a book, and now yeah. it, he wrote a book <laughs> called "Leading Like Jesus," mm-hmm. which I also have that I haven't read yet. But this one, the whole idea of leading your family like Jesus, really, really interested me. It's it's um, it's it's supported by Focus on the Family, so we you know it's a good book. So I'm almost halfway through it, but nice. a lot of practical things as far as how did Jesus lead. And how does that transfer into our families? Because Jesus was single, right? So it's like, yeah. how does that kind of... But I really like the fact that if we're to be followers of Christ, then we need to demonstrate Christ not only just in our ministries, but also within our homes. Yeah. So. And practical. Like, I love practical books. Mm. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'll, can I give you two more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. I'll give you t- two that <clears throat> I just bought and I haven't read yet, so I don't know exactly... <laughs> So if they turn out to be bad, we'll just take off the links. Like, <laughs> well, actually, no. These are supposed to be really because I actually was I was on part of a podcast. I was listening to a, a podcast on um, on gender identity and all that right. kind of stuff. And this one lady, Dr. Julie Slatter, she talked about this idea of sexual discipleship, mm-hmm. and this whole idea that that as parents we're called to disciple our kids in their sexuality. And we always think of it as the birds and the bees, right? It's so much more than that. In fact, she said she said that it needs to start from the cradle to the grave. Mm. Because right out of the gate, our kids are being discipled sexually by the world. Oh, that's true, right? Right? In fact, I was talking to one of our pastors about this book, and he said, yeah, it's interesting. He was talking to a family, and they had taken their daughter to a doctor's appointment. And uh, there were some coloring pages. And the coloring pages were two, two men in tuxedos and two ladies in, in wedding dresses. So that conversation had to happen. And this girl is like three, four years old. Yeah, you wouldn't think at such a young age you'd have to already have that conversation. Yeah. So even what she said I thought was really interesting. So that is a, that is a book I'm looking forward to reading. And the last one is Messy Grace. Mm. And the reason why this one attracted me was because it is written by a pastor who grew up, uh, both of his parents, they were married, they got divorced because they were attracted to opposite sexes. They had partners, but yet they still were good. And this kid grew up in that the gay community. Mm-hmm. And just some of the things he experienced in the church mm-hmm. just makes your stomach turn. Wow. Because the church wasn't grace-filled. No, they weren't reflecting truth and being that light. And it talks about the whole gist of the of, of his story is, eventually he decided to go to do a Bible study to prove Christianity wrong. He accepted Jesus. He became a pastor. He ministered to his family, and his mom and dad both came to know Christ. That's crazy. So it's when I heard that I was like, wow. Yeah, it's you have just, to read it, it and let us know what it's like. It's, it's, it's how a, how a pastor with gay parents learned to love others without sacrificing conviction. Wow. Because I think with this community, like this, this stuff that's coming in, we have to learn to love these people. And I think as a church, mm-hmm. I'm not throwing stones, but we haven't done a good job. Right. We haven't done a good job of loving them. We've made this like the ultimate sin, which is it's it's a sin among many things, right? But mm-hmm. anyway. we need to show love and grace. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I was going to ask you, and because it's been such a trying season, right? Mm. What are you finding is motivating you during, or when things seem impossible, right? 
when you just feel like, ah, oh, I just can't keep going. What, what motivates you to keep going? Well, that's interesting. Um, I think during this time, the church is being attacked huge, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of pastors are really struggling because, again, we're having to learn things all over again. And I think there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. because it's like we've always done it this way. What's the future going to hold? And not to get really, you know, Christian on you, but I think for me, it's just God's word. Mm-hmm. It's just knowing it, declaring it, and then walking in it. Mm-hmm. Because I think for a lot of times, you know, we, we know it because we've grown up with it. And, but we have, we really memorized it and made a part of us. And then in those moments where we feel discouraged, we actually need to declare it. Yeah. Because I think declaring it is actually, you know, uh, an act of, of worship mm-hmm. and then actually walking in it. Cause when you walk in that truth, then what happens is you actually experience God. And so it's interesting, Kim, because ministry wise, it has been discouraging. Like we've done stuff on zoom and we've gone from, you know, we've, have, we have 85 kids but on our Zoom calls, we have 20. Oh, yeah. And then it's just dwindled as the summer, right? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I posted teaching videos, and I think the first one had 90 views. The last one had five. Yeah. Right? And so you're like, mm-hmm. okay, God, what is going on here? But mm-hmm. to know that God is still in control. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. This makes no sense. And it seems like it's out of control. But it's not out of control. It's out of our control but it's not out of God's control. Mm-hmm. And so I think right now what I've learned is really to call it on God. Because when it comes to ministry, I think we can rely a lot on our own abilities mm-hmm. and we can go through the motions because it's something we've always learned. And I've yeah. even known that. Like I've done youth ministry for 30 years. So in my mind, I have certain things I know what to do. Yeah. And now it's just everything <laughs> shut down, right? It's and a whole saying, place. Okay, God, so I need your help. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm, it's in those times where you struggle that you're really leaning to God. And so I'm just finding I'm probably leaning into God more mm-hmm. than I have in the past. Not that I haven't, but I think for now, I think it's a lot more. Yeah. And I think we're at a place where it's definitely, we don't know, we used to be able to plan ahead in the future, right? You mm-hmm. kind of knew what was going to happen. But at this moment, it's like, mm, not quite sure what that's going to look like. But I know that God does. And I'm going to trust in his sovereignty and that I know he's got the best plan laid out for me, even though I can't figure out what that is or what that looks yeah. like. It's, it's definitely been different. And I, I read somewhere, Kim, that I think this COVID has actually been a reset button for the church mm-hmm. because we've gotten so mm-hmm. caught up in our buildings and our programs. And now we have no buildings we can use. Mm-hmm. And if we, <laughs> if we do, it's six feet, right? Yeah. We can only use them on Sundays. <laughs> And our programs, like a lot of our programs for kids and youth have come to a stop. And so, you know, what is the church? Is the church the building or is it the people? We've always said that. Mm -hmm. It's the people. But now we're really having to. So I think it may look different. Yeah, well, and even just reaching out in love and grace to each other during this time and what that looks like. It looks so different because you're not seeing everyone on Sunday. Uh, So to connect with different volunteers or people, you really have to think about that and and think differently how you can reach and just think yeah. outside the box so and see i think that's where this whole idea of grace-based parenting comes in huge because right now kim mm-hmm. your community is what is your group of 10 yeah it's so close is your family right <laughs> so for the last 16 weeks you know you, you you have an opportunity to minister to your kids in a way that you've never ministered before mm-hmm. 
because you're always home. Yeah. Right? And you're with them. And, and I'll tell you, I've, I've put this grace-based parenting probably into more practice in the last 16 weeks than I have in my entire parenting time or perfect, whatever it is, you know, because, you know, I have adult children and they're mm-hmm. driving me nuts at times. <laughs> And I'm driving them nuts, right? <laughs> and I don't know how many hear. times we've said the key word for our family is grace right now. Yeah. Right? It's grace. It's grace. Yeah. So, so yeah. So it's interesting because in this time, I think what God is saying to us is, okay, let's focus on our families, make them strong. So yeah. when we come out of this, because any church, the backbone is what? Is the strength of the families. Yeah. In fact, society is built on families. Mm-hmm. And so we can take advantage of that time. So. Yeah, I definitely think we have. And it's been such a unique time. We've had some interesting conversations and been able to work through them, some things that you wouldn't normally have time to, right? Because you're so busy exactly. and you're exhausted. So it's kind of nice to be able to, I mean, and it's hard because I love people and I love going to yep. see everybody. Well, me too. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a challenge in itself. But um, And you're also a hugger and I... that's the problem too, right? <laughs> Because you can't give a six feet hug to someone. It's so difficult. (laughs) I've had to be very creative, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to know how you did that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But no, I'm actually excited because I think it's going to look a lot different. Yeah. And uh, I don't think we're going to be the same. In fact, uh, I read somewhere too that coming out of this, it's going to be like rebuilding. It's going to be like church planning. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to have to deal with the fear, yeah. Because a lot of Christians are still fearful, mm-hmm. and I think this is where it really tests our faith if we truly believe in God, yeah. Like truly, truly have faith in God and believe what He says is true, and we're able to walk in it. Mm-hmm. Well, again, definitely dealing with people's fears and just showing them love and grace during this time, right? Yeah. I think that's just been such a theme for me lately. Yeah. So, hey, the um, whole idea of grace, yeah. <laughs> Ah, it's such an opportunity to walk it out. Yes. <laughs> hey, can you tell me, um, I mean, this has been such an amazing conversation, but I'd love to know one word of encouragement or one tip that you could leave for those that have been serving or just uh, those that are listening that would encourage them. Well, it's interesting. Um, I had the opportunity to share with your youth, your children's workers and your youth leaders you did, uh, yeah. I, yeah, and fun. you know what? And I should have mentioned that. It was amazing. We had a huge volunteer appreciation dinner planned for our kidsmen workers. Um, I think we we were including youth as well, but it was going to be a big party because I love yeah. throwing events, and I wasn't doing 412 conference this year, so why not throw a big celebration? But, of course... We weren't able to have it. And so we had to rethink about how could we do that. And I was so glad, Dave, we had you booked to come up and you weren't able to. And yep. so we were able to just um, do that video and put it get put it together for them and, and just put in some special messages. And we still kind of made an event. We made um, some jars with donuts and everything was, you know, put together, sanitized, you know. Yeah. Didn't touch. No touch. <laughs> so no touch. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And people were able to drive by. We did a drive-by celebration, and then they could watch that video and yeah. be encouraged. And what you said was so fantastic, and and it was just great that you could do that. But um, yeah, do you want to share with everybody? Yeah, and, you, and I would say you guys did a great job. Even seeing the pictures, I think that was a great way to bless your leaders and your your workers. And I was honored to be part of it. But what mm. I, I would say, and I think this is what I I would, I would encourage people, is because ministry looks so 
different right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't know how to do it. Like I just met with a bunch of youth pastors and we're all just like, okay, what do we do? And just that whole idea of you do what you can do mm -hmm. and let God do what only he can do. Mm -hmm. Right. Because God's, God's equipped you for exactly what he wants you to do. Right. And this time of COVID maybe has taken you off guard, but it hasn't taken God off guard. Oh, that's so uh, true. Last night I, I was talking to, I have a men's group that I meet with every, um, every Thursday. And it says that he's, we were going through this book called uh, uh, Getting There, mm -hmm. talking about a, a trail of life. And he says there's two different events in our lives. There is planned events and there is unseen events. Hmm. And the unseen events are the ones that kind of rock us. And I think this COVID kind of rocks us mm -hmm. right? and rocks the way we do ministry. And what he said is this, is the planned events are on our calendar. The unseen <laughs> events are on God's calendar. Right. And so God's not up there going, oh my goodness, what is the church going to do? What are these leaders going to do? What are these volunteers going to do with this COVID? He knows exactly what's going to happen. What he's asking us to do is do what we can do mm -hmm. and let God do what only he can do. And the story that I think of is the feeding of the 5,000. Mm -hmm. You know, you think of these disciples, they're like, Jesus says, let's feed them. And they're like, how are we going to feed 5,000 plus, right? Because this just, it, they just counted the men, but the women and children were there as well. Yeah. And to take those food and be like, okay. And I, for me, Kim, it just blows me away to be there and for Jesus to break the fish and the bread, put it in my basket, to look at it and know there's not enough food even to feed me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To turn around and just to go to it. And the disciples did what they only did what they only knew how to do, and that was to serve. But how cool would it have been to have been there and to pass out those baskets? And as you get the basket back, it's fuller than it was before. In fact, at the end, you have twelve baskets full. You have more food than when you began you start, with. Yeah, hey, that'd right? be crazy, right? That'd be crazy. And just imagine <laughs> just how amazing that would have been—the fact that you experienced that. Mm -hmm. We'll see. If we don't do what we can do, we're not going to experience what God can do. Mm -hmm. And so when we step out, and so I think for for me, the exciting part is, because I got to be honest with you, Kim, there are days I get up and go, I don't know what to do anymore. Like yeah. I really, if I'm being honest, I don't know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. But I step out and I say, okay, God, this is what I can do. And every time, Kim, God goes, well, look what I can do. Right. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> but it's my faithfulness in stepping out with what I have. Yeah. God goes, okay, if you're faithful with what I've given you, then I can multiply that. Mm -hmm. But unless you step out. And so what I would say to, to anyone that's listening, any volunteers, you do what you can do, mm -hmm. but let God do what only he can do. Because the moment you step out, God's always going to show up. God's mm -hmm. just waiting. He's just going, okay, this is the plan. Let's, let's do it. And it's just, okay, this is what I can do for you, God. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it with excellence. But again, you know, if you don't know what to do, like, you know, as well as I do, things are changing all the time. I know. <laughs> like we planned, to, our church planned to open on Sunday. Thursday, we, we called it because we discovered new restrictions. Uh, yeah. And we're like, this is crazy, right? Yeah. So, but as crazy as it is, even though we don't feel things are out of control, they're never out of God's control. So do what you can do 
let God do what only he can do. Mm-hmm. That's so good, Dave. That's so encouraging. That and takes I, the pressure off you, right? It, it does, right? Which we just need to step forward and do what God's called us to do. And each day, right? Because every day looks different. And, and even when I get up and the day does not go how I had planned, I know that God's not surprised. And that's so comforting, right? To realize yeah. I don't need to worry and to know what the day is going to turn out like because God's already got that. And I just got to step out and let him guide and direct me. Yeah. So you got to walk on the water. Yeah. Right. <laughs> step out of that boat. Oh, boat. that's such a big step. <laughs> it's a scary step. It and Kim, I got to be honest with you. I don't like the step. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that first step, right? Because mm-hmm. Peter was like, okay, I can, I can step out of the boat and I can walk. Yeah. But there's water, and I got to leave the rest up to God. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he walks out, and he's walking on water. Yeah. The only guy besides Jesus to walk on the water. But here's the cool thing in that story is that Jesus said, come to all of them, mm-hmm. not just Peter. He didn't say, come, Peter. He said, come. And I believe, and again, this is my interpretation, is I believe it was an invitation for all of them. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't want to take that step out of the boat. And so they missed out on an experience that Peter had. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't want to miss out, right? We need no, to take that step. No. Even in times like this, because like I said, something, God's up to something. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. We just don't know what it is. Yeah. And so we just got to be prepared for whatever God calls us to. Oh, well, Dave, that was such a great conversation. I love chatting with you. It's always exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you could share with what was happening and well, I'm sorry. I'm glad I could be here with you guys today because it's been, I always love coming to 412. Yeah, thank you. Well, and I know we do have you booked for next year, right? I am so excited. <laughs> I have told my wife and she's going to come with me this time. Oh, great. That'd be awesome. So, yeah. And so details for that will launch in the fall, but uh, yeah, that's just a little teaser. And but... you do not want to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> you can mark it on your calendar. If you miss it, you will miss out. <laughs> So May 28th and 29th of 2021, that will be... It's worth the drive to Huntsville. It is, yeah. And that's a long drive for you. I'm so excited that you made the drive. so beautiful. Yeah, it is. I do love it. Just watch out for the moose. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks, Dave. Thank you. For our listeners, we want to help you stay connected with all that is happening around 412 Canada, including this podcast and our upcoming conference in May of 2021. The best way to stay connected is to sign up for our emails at 412.ca, that's F-O-U-R 12.ca. And when you do that, we're going to send you the audio from our conference last spring for free. Also, be sure to check out our show notes to read about all we talked about, links to resources, and ways to best connect with Dave. Please like and share us on social media with all your friends and leave a review. I hope our time together has equipped you and I'm looking forward to season two. I'd love to hear about where you are serving and what equips you. Please message at 412 Canada on our social media platforms or email getequipped at 412.ca. Looking forward to next time on the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for listening to the 412 Canada podcast. We hope this episode has equipped you for greater influence through serving. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review on the app you use. The 412 Canada podcast is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Explore everything 412 Canada at 412.ca. Thanks again for spending time with us. See you next time.